0: Well this evening's series is called What We Believe and it's based on the Apostles' Creed and you can find other talks in the series uh, on or ones you've missed on Holy Trinity's website which is www.holytrinity.org.gg and I do encourage you to actually have a look at that because it's a great resource that's available for all of us and um, it's worth kind of nosing around. There's a really good job on the website, but it does mean you can catch up on things and maybe you haven't taken the notes you thought you should have done and uh, you can then go back to have a look at it So I want to give you a little bit of background to the Apostles' Creed, also known as the Twelve Articles of Faith, and it expresses essential biblical doctrines that have been articulated, defended, embraced for nearly 2,000 years of church history. Many evangelical Christians throughout history have used the Apostles' Creed as a personal proclamation of their own faith. Further all, Evangelical denominations since probably the, the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s have affirmed the Apostles' Creed without reservation. They're apologetic in nature as a defense against heresy, declaring amongst many things the deity of Christ, which is my title for tonight's talk. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, a glorious and wonderful declaration. So tonight, with this peach of a title to speak on in one hand, hold on to your hats with the other, let's dive right in. In the very speaking of this declaration, there is a consequence, and that is it left many things unsaid, many if not all of which would have been understood by the listeners if when it was originally written as they defended the gospel at this particular time because we are called to defend the gospel at all times so as again as I pointed out dozens of times in the talks I've given 1 Peter uh, 3 15 and 16 but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one treat him as the holy master of your lives and if anyone asks you about the hope living within you Always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. And down in white, which you probably can't quite read, but is a kind of a, another version of that final verse. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have within your heart. So let's look at three points that this declaration points us towards, and they are, uh, they were said or assumed that evil exists, God intervenes in this world, and the Holy Spirit changes lives because Jesus is absolutely amazing. First, your worldview. Your worldview has to allow for the supernatural. The scriptures drip with supernatural encounters. Now, I'm not thinking of, of uh, Stranger Things from Netflix, uh, which sometimes when we use the word supernatural, we have those that imagery. But we're actually thinking of, of, of a dynamic, powerful God who is intervening with the affairs of the world, particularly when we, as Christians, uh, pray and take the risk of actually stepping out and embarking on being involved in what God is doing on this planet. Because Jesus changed lives wherever he went. He changed them left, right, and center uh, through the, the Gospels. And even in the, the, uh, the letters, we have verses like this. And I used this last week in the morning. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. And that's from Ephesians three sixteen. But without believing and trusting in the idea of a supernatural God, you will struggle with that declaration. You see, it all kind of goes back to the Genesis events when when man was put out of of Eden. And uh, God, though, continued all through, you see it particularly in the Old Testament, his special relationship. And he said, though, you still need to be um, a people, a blessing. But despite these covenantal promises that that the Jewish people endeavoured to carry out to some extent, they were actually involved in a chaotic world, a world ruled by chaotic forces. Evil exists. Unfortunately, there are five isms in the modern world. There's relativism. You need to look them up in uh, Wikipedia that unreliable source of all the information uh, materialism individualism rationalism and secularism you perhaps heard of some of those and they blinded and captured the minds of many western men and women such that the secularist rejects the thought process uh, that there could ever be a supernatural even theologians we often think theologians are godly christian men actually theologians who really are studying theology uh, and many theologians are incredibly unhelpful like Adolf Harnack in the late 1800s. He actually portrayed that evil was mythical and more and more Christians took that on that um, and they denied that there was an evil one and they denied that there was healing and they kind of mythologized Jesus and he became just a great moral teacher and that kind of teaching permeates much of the language that we can find out there on the streets and sometimes it's robbed Christians of the ability to see the enemy let alone the strength to fight him I love Bob Eckblad and uh, we started um, years ago, Trish and I read his book The New Christian Manifesto and I was diving into it again with this talk and he suggests that the root cause of injustice surrounds the battle with the evil one. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. was Ephesians, And as we look at evil in this way Jesus describes Tribes, we get a clear understanding of our supernatural opponent who has a name his name is lucifer that he is not a co-equal with god and bob akblad eloquently said he is a third there is a third party evil one out there messing with people and nature in ways that bring chaos sickness and death sin is foreign to humans introduced by a power antagonistic to god's purposes Evil comes from the activities of a third party, known through our scripture as the evil one, the adversary, the powers, the deceiver, the tempter, the enemy, the devil, Satan, and other names. And I just think that is really important. We need to understand that evil exists. And that means that, uh, that phrase said in the, uh, in the creed has enormous power. God sent evil. Jesus. He intervened in this world. And I love that. The fact that God has intervened in this world, we have this kind of the, the, the now and the not yet, this kind of mystery really that's going on. And if we look at Matthew 28, a verse um, I absolutely love, it's the Great Commission. And uh, the Great Commission, it's quite hard to read actually, that. Um, and it's verses 28 16 to 20. And it says, meanwhile, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still had lingering doubts. Then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. and there's a sentence actually in the Aramaic that's sometimes missing in all but one Greek manuscript, and it's this, as my Father has sent me, so I send you. Now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow. That means to kind of keep them to guard like a fortress uh, all that I have commanded. And never forget that I am with you every day even to the completion of this age. We live in a world where heaven and earth meet and we are called in to usher in the kingdom. Mission is about sharing one's faith, telling others the good news, demonstrating it by our lives, grappling with who, Jesus, uh, who is Jesus and why did he come involves also grappling with some really quite difficult mysteries at times. Why would Jesus come to us? There's uh, an author called Richard Rohr and he says, uh, mystery is an invitation to engage without the need to fully know. Mystery isn't unknowable, it's infinitely knowable. Sometimes we stand on the shore of the river with mystery and we're not prepared to enter in, wade in and get wet. So we need to find out what God might be saying because he speaks to us. He's not silent. He is that transforming God. Prayer. uh, Father God opens our eyes and our hearts that we might know him. So what do we know about Jesus? Well, we can read the Gospels, we can read the Acts of the Apostles, we can read the letters sent to the newly established growing church. We can see the impact that Jesus had on the 12 men who followed him. They became his disciples, uh, his, his lovers in that sense. They just loved to be in his presence. They loved to hang out with him, to spend time. And spending time with Jesus involved them in a real transformation. When you see the men of the new of the, of the letter, and the men of the gospels you see there was this remarkable change they really did have have things just their world changed lucy pepiet uh, and i've used this quote quite a few times i love kind of returning to things said about jesus it's Jesus is not about a set of rules. Following Jesus is not about a set of rules and propositions. It's about being captivated by a person. Jesus is captivating and compelling. He is fascinating, challenging, brilliant, witty, subversive, joyful, full of compassion, love, and power. Moreover, he's on the side of those who feel uh, they have completely missed the boat when it comes to being spiritual, religious, or respectable. He's full of grace and compassion. And the only prerequisite to an effective life, uh, discipleship, is to know that we are spiritually poor and God has made us that we might be transformed. It's all about times uh, that we need to aspire to reflect the magnificence of our King. And I just love that thought, actually, the fact that um, the whole reason why... um, we are called to share the good news is because it is good news worth sharing, that actually Jesus has made a, a dynamic change to our lives. And all through the centuries, you'll find testimony after testimony after testimony, testimonies even in this body, in this, uh, this church family, of how they've encountered Jesus and it's changed their outlook and their life. And that's really why um, we're called upon to to actually declare that Jesus is Lord and that's a story worth telling. Sometimes we can actually maybe keep it a little bit to ourselves but actually we kind of have to be heroic really and take Jesus at his word and actually kind of take on that missional concept that we are called, commanded to share the good news. I really encourage actually some of you actually to think about to ask God what what could I be doing differently in the future? I'm quite surprised sometimes that actually that that we that more of us aren't thinking actually where could I go and take the good news? Which country could I go to? God, what how do you could you call me somewhere where I can actually um, go to go and do something new with you? And actually the whole concept of mission is something that we should be, the, the, in a, a way, one of the most exciting things that we can do. It actually involves risk. It may well involve uh, loss. But actually, mission is about taking Jesus at his word. It, does, it is a command, after all, but we can kind of be a little bit picky about what we choose. And I just think it's, it's worth us asking that question. If you've never asked it, then you might never get an answer. Jackie Pullinger says this in Chasing the Dragon. She went to Hong Kong, uh, the old Hong Kong that she went to. Parts of it have been knocked down now. But she said this, the desperately poor are not going to come to hear the good news. We have to go to them. That's true about, actually, the desperately rich, actually. Um, we actually have to take the good news to people. We actually have to declare that Jesus, are who Jesus is. Heidi Baker when said this, I love this bit. She said, to be a son or daughter of God also means you're royalty, We've talked quite often about this, uh, and it's certainly out on the streets about your identity. It's really important about your identity that, that if you are uh, you are a, a son or or a daughter, and a sense and adopted into God's family, this sense of you have a real privilege. That it's, it what matters is what God thinks about you, not what other people say. But when you actually have that position before God. Then you also have great privileges. And the great privilege that we have is that we can pray about things. We can see God uh, take on, uh, involve Himself in supernatural ways that can can often mean we're involved in supernatural encounters and things that we never imagined possible become possible. But it is also an awesome responsibility. Sometimes it's easy just to assume ah, I'm in the kingdom. But actually, it doesn't work that way. Discipleship, as, we've, as we followed last year, we particularly looked at that principle. Discipleship is very much an outgoing concept. It's a lifelong life. You can't do discipleship half-heartedly. Well, I don't really think you can, because it probably isn't involved, it isn't called discipleship. Discipleship involves wholeheartedness. And Jesus constantly does the impossible. I just love that thought, that uh, he constantly does the impossible. Actually, I'm going to jump along, actually. And um, something Heidi Baker said is this, God is not looking for extraordinary, exceptionally gifted people, just laid down lovers of Jesus who will carry his glory with transparency And not take it for themselves. I just love the thought, the fact that actually to follow Jesus is a a joyful task. It's it's kind of a sense of, it's, it's a dynamic, it's a moving task. It's something that we're just not quite sure what's going to happen. But it is more than just ticking along and just kind of letting the world crowd us in. I think that we've sometimes, and I know this myself, that I could, in fact, Trish and I were just talking about, it's, it's very easy to suddenly think, oh, golly, we've, we're not really seeking uh, what God might be doing uh, out there. How can we be involved in that? And you can lose that supernatural edge, and it becomes ordinary, actually. I think it's very easy for the Christian faith to become very ordinary, But sometimes when you actually seek God and listen to him, then it can take on the extraordinary to find out what God might be saying and speaking to you. So I just ask that, really. How are we going to sort of share the faith in our coming year? How are we going to take that Apostles' Creed, a a declaration uh, 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 of, of intent, really? How are we going to use it in John 6, um, Jesus said, "The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no health. Help. The words I speak to you are spirit and life, but there are still some who don't believe. And I kind of encourage you, how can we train ourselves? How can we prepare ourselves to always be prepared to give an account of the hope uh, of um, the hope that we have within us. How do we do that? And I think that's really what discipleship is all about, isn't it? So I just ask you now, just to stand for a moment, we'll be moving to communion in a second. Just remind you of that verse in Romans, Now may the God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. And I ask, Lord, that each of us may actually take you at your word, that I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And in believing that, we realize that we have the words of eternal life. We have life-giving words, words that comfort, words that inspire, words that may well send us to the ends of the earth. And I just thank you, though, that they give us a surety about the journey ahead of us, because we're doing that journey with you.